Are you a party person or somebody more like me who likes to kind of be at home alone more? Even if you are a party pooper, can you think of one, one event that you've really enjoyed? We'll talk about that. You'll tell me more about it. That and a whole lot more while we try to keep you awake while you're driving on the road today. My name is Sarah. Enough with these introductions, though. Let's get started. Hola. How are you doing? Ready or not, here's the five-word challenge to start us off today. This one is kind of more difficult. I think the words will be pretty easy to memorize because there's kind of a, you'll get the rhythm. But figuring out what they have in common, hmm. And again, as in some of the, many of these five-word challenges, it's not words, but more like phrases, except for the first one. Here we go. The first word is honeycomb. Honeycomb. H-O-N-E-C-O-M-B. Honeycomb. The second phrase is single-faced. Single-faced, and that's F-A-C-E-D, faced. The next phrase is single-wall. Then we have double-wall and Triple wall. So see how at the end there, if you get in the rhythm, you can probably memorize those. So we have honeycomb, single-faced, single-wall, double-wall, and triple-wall for your five-word challenge. We'll come back to those in a while. What should we do today? I think we should do math. I've been putting it off as a segment. We did it once. We're going to try it again. Why would you put it off? That's what I did in high school, too, with my math homework. I'd always put it off till the end. And how smart is that? When that's my hardest subject, I'm going to leave it to the end when I'm tired? Did you do the same thing? But okay, that's why we're going to do math right here at the beginning of the episode. To begin, a school had $20,000 to buy computer equipment. If each piece of equipment costs $50... How many pieces can the school buy altogether? Total, total number of pieces. $20,000 total, each piece, $50. How many pieces total? Answer is 400. Next one's a little trickier. A restaurant gets in a shipment of 86 fish fillets. If it takes three fillets to make a full serving, how many fillets will this restaurant have left over after they make as many servings as possible? Full servings. All right, so you have 86 fish fillets, three fillets per serving. How many left over after making as many servings as possible? Full servings. I'm going to give you a little extra time here because you got to do the division and then the remainder. 86 fish fillets, three fillets for serving. How many left over? Did you figure out it's two left over because they can make 28 full servings? 28 times three is 84, and you have two left over. And finally, Bob spends 42 bucks for seven packages of tennis balls. If there are 28 balls total, how many balls are in each package? And then the second part of this is, what is the cost of each tennis ball? So this is two parts. Bob spends $42, seven packages of tennis balls, 28 balls total. How many balls in each package? 
and then the cost of each ball. So first off, how many balls in each package? Four. And what is the cost of each ball? Each ball costs $1.50. You know what? That's enough math for me. Let's move on and do some trivia. Very easy math for this. Give yourself a point for each one you get right. Points are worth absolutely nothing. What kind of animal is a bat? Answer is a mammal. What country was Arnold Schwarzenegger born in? Austria. What's the name given to a checker that has been crowned? King me, king. Which toy comes in an egg-shaped package? It can be bounced, stretched, molded. Answer is Silly Putty. What company, speaking of toys, what company makes PlayStation? Sony. What is a group of mountains called? A range. What are the imaginary lines on the globe that go from north to south? I bet you can get it down to at least one of two answers. And the answer is longitude. In Snow White, what did the seven dwarves do for a living? They were miners. When it's 10 a.m. in New York City, what time is it in Miami? bit of a trick question. 10 a.m. Same time zone. In the 1997 film version of Titanic, which actress co-starred with Leonardo DiCaprio and she starred as Rose? Kate Winslet. This one seems easy, but sometimes it makes you think for half a second. What tree does an acorn come from? Answer is an oak. In backgammon, how many dice are rolled on a player's turn? Two. This is kind of a funny one because it's a mind bender if you know the movie. In Mrs. Doubtfire, what is a profession of Mrs. Doubtfire? Nanny. If you've seen the movie, you know there's no actual Mrs. Doubtfire and that she just pretends to be a nanny because it's actually Robin Williams and he does those funny phone calls for <laughs> the job interview. Anyway, and that is trivia. Let's review the five-word challenge. The first word is honeycomb and then the rest are actually phrases. Single-faced, single wall, double wall, and triple wall. And maybe that word is not very clear when you just hear it, but I'm saying wall as in W-A-L-L, -L, like a thing that is holding up your roof. Okay, so words again, honeycomb, single-faced, single wall, a double wall, and triple wall. For a memory prompt today, we're going to chat about a party that you loved. 
And before you tell me I don't love parties, I actually hate parties, I avoid parties. True enough, so do I. But you have to have had to go to a number of parties for various reasons in your life. And there has to be one that, even if you can't say you loved it, you have to you have to have one in there that you're like, you know what? That was actually pretty special. Rack your brain. And if you are somebody who loves parties, you know, I have this person that I know who is a true extrovert. Have I told you this story already? And she once told me that she, when she comes home at the end of the day from a get-together, now she's a, a pastor at a, a church congregation, so she ends up doing a lot of community get-together evening sorts of things. And she said that when she gets home from one of those, she's so wound up and energized from interacting with people that she can't sleep. I have no idea what that's like. But if you're one of those people, then you probably have many parties that you have loved and can choose from for this memory prompt. Ponder, come up with a really good one, and then tell me all about it. I want to know the time of the year, the place, the kind of facility it was in. Was it outdoors in a pavilion? Was it indoors in a big community building? Was it in a small gathering room? Who were the people there? People you knew really well, relatives, was there food? And then maybe to begin with, what was this for? What was the occasion? And if you can, use all your senses. Tell me the sights, the smells, the sounds, the tastes. Touch, that's a harder one. But if you have something associated with that, all five of your senses that you can think of for the memory of this party. Ready, set, and go. Put me on pause. Start your story. Tell it to me like you're telling a friend. Then we'll come back and regroup. If you need some sort of inspiration from a story of mine, I'm going to start. I'm going to tell you about a family reunion I attended. I was maybe, I'm going to say in high school. It was the first time I'd really gotten together with extended family. This is on my dad's side of the family. I didn't know anybody. I really didn't want to go. I mean, I only knew my aunt, my uncle, my dad, of course. That was it. So I was really kind of dreading going, and I ended up having a fabulous time, but not so much because I interacted with people, though I did have a really good interaction with one relative. But the other thing was a diary of a long-lost, I don't even know what she would have been, my grandpa's sister. What does that make her to me? Anyway, she passed away in 1920. I, of course, never met her. And she was only 20 years old when she passed away of TB. She kept a diary, and that diary, I can't remember what family member has it or owns it, or but they brought it to the reunion. And because I am an expert at trying to avoid actually having to have conversation with people, I plopped myself down on one of the picnic tables and looked at all this memorabilia, and I came across this diary, and I read it from cover to cover, and then I took pictures of every single page because it's so moved me knowing that this person's life ended shortly after this journal ended. And she was, you know, my age when I was reading it. Her daily life and feelings of teenage angst, you know, tiffs with friends and um, boys she thought was cute and sledding with her sisters and the types of clothing. And she drew little pictures of dresses she was thinking of, what was it, designing or, or having her mom make for her, her sewing. I can't remember now. And she had these little sketches in there and she even had a little square of the fabric 
Oh, and, and going on horse sleigh rides and this diary, the binding is kind of loose. So you just really carefully turn over the pages. I remember thinking when I finished, because it kind of just ends as the, the book ends and she ran out of space, that that was it. She thought about these boys and the things she was going to do, future ambitions and dreams and all those possibilities you think of when you're young. And then that her life ended before she got to do any of that. She hadn't married. She hadn't moved out of her family's house. She'd gotten TB and was really sick. The family at the time, because they thought cold air would help, they moved her out onto the porch and then the whole family moved out onto the sleeping porch and they slept outdoors in the winter. So not that I have overwhelmingly positive, warm, fuzzy feelings like that was the best party I ever attended because of that, but just that it moved me so much and that I really got a lot out of it and felt very connected to this relative that I had never met. And as a matter of fact, she's buried in her family plot in a cemetery a couple hours from me. And when I'm in town there, because I do still have relatives there, I go and visit the cemetery and say hi to her. Uh, a bunch of lichen had grown on her gravestone. And so one year I really spent some time scrubbing on it with a nice soft bristle brush and uh, it really cleaned up her stone. And I mean, for some reason, she's like my patron saint, my guardian angel in my family. I'm not sure. The other thing about this family reunion is I had the chance to meet a relative who had painted pictures. She, she was an artist. She painted pictures of this family house that this relative who had this diary and um, they all slept out on the sleeping porch and everything. Now, this relative who did the paintings of the family home, she was the next generation down from that. So that, that wasn't a sibling of hers. It would have been an aunt. This relative, she had painted a whole series of paintings in the family house, and she had one of them there. And my grandma had a painting from this series that Pat had done, the artist, and I always loved that painting. When she passed away, I didn't get the original, but I did get a full-size copy of it, which I have framed and on my wall. I got the chance to meet the artist and have a really nice conversation with her. And we ended up becoming friends and pen pals. And before she passed away... She gave me an original painting from that series, which I treasure. So what a great party, huh? So I kind of went on and on there today. I'm sorry I got all nostalgic, which is actually what I hope sometimes happens to you on these memory prompts. It really gets you going and makes you think and makes you talk for quite a while because that's the whole point, right? To get you further down the road. Today we're going to finish off, I think we're going to finish off, the nicknames of the 50 states. We've done a whole bunch of them. Remember, this is nicknames, not the mottos. So I will say the first state, and you will tell me that state is Delaware. How about the gem state? Gem, G-E-M. That's Idaho. Old Dominion State. Old Dominion. Virginia. Here's another old one. Old Line State. Maryland. The Constitution State. Connecticut. The Yellow Hammer State. Yellow Hammer State. 
Alabama, the Sunshine State, Florida, of course, the Bay State, Massachusetts, the Green Mountain State, Virginia, the Palmetto State, South Carolina, and finally, I think this is the last one, the Beaver State, is Oregon. Oh, nope, I found one more. The Volunteer State. Tennessee, and I do believe we have now hit all 50 states. If you've been listening very closely to the past episodes and I missed one, well, you just let me know, okay? Go to my website, stayawakewhiledriving.com, and drop me a message. Let's wrap up the five-word challenge. Tell me what these words are, phrases today also included, so start off and tell them to me right now. Honeycomb, single-faced, single-wall, double-wall, and triple-wall. And what do these words and phrases have in common? This is a toughie. They are all types of cardboard, corrugated cardboard. Single-wall, you're probably familiar with that. It has the fluted part and then a wall over the top of the fluting on either side. Double-wall is more of that. Triple-wall is really, really several layers of that. The straight, fluted, straight, fluted. But single-faced is just straight with a fluted. And then honeycomb is numerous layers of the corrugation flutes. And that's way less common than the other types of cardboard. I actually find cardboard and packaging fascinating, but we'll have to have that as a topic some other day. No, we won't. That will put you to sleep before the end of this mile you're driving right now. Until next time, though, get yourself down the road, will ya? Until you and I have another chance to sit side by side in a vehicle again, having a chat, please drive carefully and take care.